Welcome to Is It Halloween Yet? Episode 2, a spooky little podcast where we talk about all things horror and ask the question, is it Halloween yet? I'm afraid not, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. It's 202 days until Halloween. I'm your ghostess, Spencer. Let's see what we've got on this lab this week. We've got a lot of news and a non-spoiler and spoiler review of Shudder's new movie, The Power. So let's get right into the news this week. Godzilla vs. Kong is smashing through the U.S. domestic box office. It uh, had a haul of $48.5 million on its opening weekend. I just saw that it had like another killer weekend. I didn't see what the drop was, but like it was another big weekend for Godzilla and Kong. That brings the global total to $120.1 million globally. It was open in 39 markets. It had opened previously in Japan and China. So it its total haul so far as of last week was like $248 million, I think. And it did excellent on its second weekend in China. It had a 37% drop. And movies you really want to, if you can get under 40% drop from weekend one to weekend two, you're doing awesome. That's that's how the box office works, if you didn't know. So I'm excited to see that that movie is doing well. I hope that means we will get more MonsterVerse movies because this kind of felt like the end of the line, like get everything in there, get it's been two weeks now. Get Mechagodzilla in there. Like, get everybody in there. The second story in our episode this week is also a box office story. The unholy Sam Raimi's new movie opened. No, Sam Raimi produced it. It wasn't his new movie, but Sam Raimi produced. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is starring in, and I'm excited to see it. It hasn't given gotten a VOD release date yet. Quite a drop from the first to second film, but both films in the top. And the top two in the box office were horror movies this weekend, so that's always a good time for a horror fan. Three million versus 48 million is a lot, though. It was also only on 1,800 screens, and I think Kong was on 20, 1,000 to 1,500 more screens. So that gives people more opportunity to see it, especially with the number of screens you're on. Really going to be in effect, like we'll see in the time when we're recovering from COVID because normally how many screens you can get your movie on means like how many people you can rotate through in a full theater but in like a reduced capacity theater like that also means like not just the number of people who want to see your movie but also like the number of people who will physically be able to see your movie because of the social distancing and capacity limits that are in place in lots of places right now. So screen number of screens will be important to remember when looking at box office numbers for a while. Moving out of the box office, let's go into remake territory, which is kind of a territory that can make my skin crawl sometimes, especially when it's English language remakes of foreign horror I they're hit or miss, but we're getting a Goodnight Mommy remake. And Goodnight Mommy is a very disturbing Austrian German language film about two twins and their mother as she recovers from plastic surgery. And the twins think there's something wrong with their mom. Like the surgery did something. And you think it's supernatural for a lot of it, and it isn't, so 
I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but it is a very good movie. It is shot very well. It is acted very well. And my worry is just the casting of the original one is my real problem. I think like it could be good depending on the cast, but I think the casting will be the ultimate challenge. If that concept at all seemed interesting to you, just do yourself a favor and watch it. Read the subtitles. It's such a it's such a good family horror. If you liked Hereditary, I think you'll like Goodnight Mommy. It's like Hereditary without mystic stuff because it really deals with like the family and the trauma they're going through and the horrificness of that. A24 is producing a secret slasher. It's also going to star Maria Baklava, the Oscar award nominated actress from Borat 2. She played Borat's daughter. She was fantastic. We're going to see her in a movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And they're describing it as a secret slasher. I don't know, like, does that mean that it's a movie that isn't look like it is going to present itself as a slasher and then it becomes a slasher? Or is it like a mystery who is the slasher, right? Like, are we getting a misdirect or are we getting like a My Bloody Valentine got to figure out who the slasher is? Because honestly, I'm down for either. I love mystery like, My Bloody Valentine being a mystery slasher is, like, one of the things I like about that movie so much. And in other movies that are coming out, Mark Romanek is directing a new horror movie. You may know the name from One Hour Photo, which happens to be one of my favorite movies. He's directing a new horror movie for Lionsgate. They're saying it's a thriller that deals with a family that has been haunted by an evil spirit for years. Their safety and surroundings come into question when one of the children question if the evil is actually real. That sounds like something that'll be right in his wheelhouse. He does very good slow building stories and that's that's that sounds like what we're going to get from him. In Chucky series news, we got some casting for Chucky and we got some casting for the Chucky series that's coming to sci-fi this fall. Alex Vincent and Christina Elise will both be back from Cult of Chucky. I like the 2019 Child's Play with Mark Hamill in it. But I understand that people really miss the like campy humor that Mancine brings to the series. So I'm glad that people are going to get Tiffany. I'm glad we're going to get Devin Sawa back. I'm glad we're going to get Brad Dorf back. Like, I'm glad we're getting like classic Chucky 2 in a series, which I think is maybe possibly where Chucky belongs in that incarnation. I think we're at the point with like where everything is in that timeline of child's play that you would really need to be like digging into like what's going on and doing it in two hour chunks is probably not beneficial to that story anymore. So I'm kind of excited to see it. I'm glad that because I know Don Mancini was pretty upset about the 2019 child's play movie. I'm glad that like Everybody could come and work it out and he's going to get to do the series. He even says that it's going to explore Chucky's character with a depth that's uniquely afforded by a television series format. And I think we're kind of at that point with Chucky. Like, it was cool when it happened in Ash versus the Evil Dead, right? Like, that series was cool. Not enough people watched it and that's why it got canceled. But it was cool to see Ash have arcs that were not a three-act structure, right? Like, it was not like, gotta get in, gotta get out. It's got to be contained. Like, it was good to see, like, 
emotional changes and character changes and how that character went through the story because they're just two different formats. I want more horror television that follows our big horror icons. I th- hope that this does well so we can see more of it maybe in the future. We are getting a ultra a 4K Ultra HD physical release of the first Saw in May to coincide with Spiral coming out. Is it a Giallo-esque slasher? Are we, is that what we're calling Saw now these days? Because I do like that terminology better than torture porn. Because that's just wildly disrespectful to the to the trauma the national trauma I think that like saw really did a good job of getting out there I'll probably get into it at some point but saw is really a product of its time and like it does a really good job of being an outlet for just the unrelenting horror that was going on while that those movies were coming out So we're getting a physical copy. I also saw earlier today, I'm going to throw it in here today instead of next week, uh, Blu-ray steel case from Best Buy, as usual. That's that's how Best Buy rolls. (laughs) Um, You'll get a combo pack, Blu-ray plus digital. It's coming out May 11th. If you haven't seen Saw, please watch Saw. It's very good. There's going to be some short features, a couple things. There's also audio commentary from... Lee Winnell, Carrie Alice, James Wan, more, another audio track from the producers. So that's the one thing I miss about DVDs is that there isn't a lot of audio commentary. And I learned a lot about how horror movies were made and how film was made and how all that stuff went together just by watching that stuff as DVDs were coming out. So you should go by Saw. Get ready. Watch all of them before you watch Spiral. Some of them are bad. Um, some of them are bad, but overall the series is good as a whole. Saw 10 is in development. The sad thing is, is Lee Winnell is not going to be a producer. It's being actively developed through Twisted Pictures and Lion's Gate. And so that's exciting. I think it's supposed to continue on from the Spiral story, which is cool. Let's see how that movie goes. In other series news, the Purge series is getting its final movie in 2021 it was supposed to be released in 2020 but it had a tentative date for july 9th 2021 but that has been pushed up to july 2nd 2021 the forever purge is going to take place after the events of election year and it's taking place on a texas ranch where they have fled a drug cartel in Mexico. Things go awry when a group of outsiders decide to keep purging beyond the allotted time when people can break any and all laws. Resident Evil Village got a game map, a new character. I'm excited. We're going to play Resident Evil together. So probably Friday nights. I don't know if I'm going to do it in my normal streaming time from 2 to 4 or if I'm going to do it at a special spooky time for you guys, <laughs> probably 6 to 8, a little bit later. We'll see. I got to get everything set up, get my schedule. The ghostess is moving this week, so it's pretty busy, but I'll have probably definite plans for what we're going to do with Resident Evil Village next week or the week after. But we're definitely going to play this game. I played Resident Evil Biohazard on stream a few months ago. I will be putting those up on VOD, maybe, if I have them all. I don't know if I saved them all. 
Twitch, you're killing me with the how long you hold on to videos. We know there are four major locations now. According to the director, Masamori Saito, Village actually shares similarities with Resident Evil 4 in terms of variety of gameplay and enemies. When you hear the word village, you might think quaint houses lined up along a street, but that's really not enough to make a video game out of, especially a horror game. I think it's important to keep providing new experiences along the way within the village. It's important to keep delivering new surprises to the players. We have a very eight foot tall hot vampire lady. So it's going to be a good time. And rounding out the news this week is Zack Snyder's new zombie movie is coming. We've got confirmation that Army of the Dead is getting a trailer tomorrow. When this podcast goes up, it'll be tomorrow. I'm excited to see Zack Snyder go back to horror movies. I like the remake of Dawn of the Dead and... I think he is good at horror and I'm glad to see him go back and try it after being doing comic book movies for so long. Give him something else to cut his teeth on. So yeah, we're going to get that. And I think we know when it's coming out, correct? I can't find when it's coming out, but if I do, I will leave it in the show notes. We're going to talk about a new release on Shudder that just launched last week, and it is The Power. It was written and directed by Karina Faith. Is a slow, plotting, supernatural-esque, haunted house kind of movie, but it uses the framework it sets to talk about social issues in a way that horror always has some allegorical social commentary like that's just like a hallmark of this genre but I don't think I have seen it done this well in a while. I want to do like a non-spoiler review first so I don't want to get too in-depth into that yet but basically we stay with a girl named Val. She is starting to be a nurse for the first time. She's gone to nursing school. She had a hard childhood. She grew up in an orphanage. She doesn't have any parents. And she's starting out, going back to her hometown and wanting to give back to the community and work at the hospital. She starts her work in 1974 England when the union, the coal miners union, was in a tussle with the English government over working conditions and pay and all kinds of things that unions get into they were on strike from 1984 to 1985 and that triggered a need for rolling blackouts so she gets there it's her first day and she just wants she's like trying to fit in and she's not really fitting in And she, the matron, she has like her first meeting with her and the matron is like pretty strict and we see her get forced to take a night shift, overnight shift, during this blackout. And then a lot of events ensue from there. I think if you go into this movie wanting 
gore and slash and flash, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you want to go in on a thoughtful and meditative, like, look at women's experiences in the workplace, in society, in other things, I think that you will be rewarded. I like it. I like slow things. Hereditary, I like. The Witch is one of my favorite horror movies. So I am really primed for those slower, more quiet, not so much flash horror movies. I love those too, but like, I do really appreciate a good slow horror because it sticks with you. You think about it. And so I guess I'm going to transition into the non-spoiler part of it. So I'll give you a second to turn off. All right, the, the the fact that the name of this movie, we're going to start right off at the jump. The name of this movie is The Power, and the fact that it is, you go into it thinking, oh, it's The Power, it's talking about the, the fact that the electricity is out. Except for that it talks, it's like literally a movie about power dynamics, from the fact that it's framed with the strike to the fact that like she's an orphan and looked down on, and the power struggles of not having familial connections not having like the socialization to like understand having boundaries so that inherently makes her more powerless is why I enjoyed this movie so much. We do get a little bit of like supernatural possession horror from the fact, okay, so there are several women, like it is a very woman heavy cast of characters, which makes sense when you're talking about nurses in the 70s that's like a good frame to have lots of women in her movie Val is rejected by almost all of them uh she wants to be a nurse at one point in the movie she says because she wants a family and she felt like nursing and taking care of people and being in a job where you're there so much in close quarters with people would give her a family and the nurse that she says that responds to her you'd have to be crazy to want to have a family like this because the, the the staff is just completely dysfunctional like and that's like another power imbalance there's this staff who is charged with taking care of all these people who are just absolutely messy flawed people themselves and they're dealing with their shit when they should be taking care of vulnerable patients. There's uh, one character. She's the one that makes the comment about her being about you'd be crazy to want this as a family. And I think that Babs is going to be the one that people look at and think is the the most monstrous of the nurses that she works with. But I think Terry is because she doesn't know her. Babs has a past history with her that I think Babs feels ashamed about, which we'll get into. Terry doesn't know her. And she's just dismissive of her. What causes her to get on the night shift is a uh, preteen girl named Saba. She doesn't speak fluent English, but she finds her in the bathroom. And she takes her back to the children's ward where she runs into a doctor that Val has idolized. Because Val also is obsessed with the concept of poverty and how slums and living in poverty and impoverished conditions are killing children and how it's weakening society and the doctor who wrote that paper 
works at this hospital in the children's department. And she meets him. She makes the matron mad. That kicks off the series of events. And you meet the doctor. And he's a very nice doctor. And he's very charismatic with everyone. He is very kind and gentle with with Saba, this girl who runs away. And so we find out later Saba was, they're transferring all these patients to the central hospital because these rolling blackouts are going to happen here. And like plenty of people can't be like, you can't have a hospital full of people, right? Like they only have so many generators. You can't have a hospital full of people in pitch black. So they're moving people to another hospital. The children are being taken to another hospital. Saba hides and she doesn't go. So we find her later in the movie and Val's like, connection to her is deeper than you think so like I said in the beginning of the review Val had a had a sad past she was an orphan she went to an orphanage she went to a school her headmaster had been abusing her in a dark closet which is why Val has got a crippling fear of the dark which I don't think I mentioned she is she has a crippling fear of the dark so it's just cruel to make her first day as a nurse which is a heavy job make her feel even more powerless by making her face her biggest fear the dark and she keeps seeing these images and she keeps hearing these things and something chases Val into the basement and then Val becomes possessed by a spirit in the thing and she like the possession of Val is because the girl who possesses her was also abused by a member of the staff and then thrown into the furnace to burn, which is where she chased Val into to possess her. And when she when she found her like burnt up purple stuffed animal dog, that's where like the movie gets interesting in that. It's three different stories of women being abused by men and tossed aside and their concerns tossed aside. Because when Val made the claims, she made the statement and then she had to recant her statement because the police and the orphanage and the nuns forced her to do it. So that's where her conflict with Bab comes in is that like Bab also knew her and was like how dare you say those things about that poor old man like she believed that she was just trying to do it for attention like the nurses like the cops and the nuns wanted her wanted everyone to believe about Val and so once she gets possessed by the ghost the first time she starts killing people as as ghosts as angry ghosts often do she gouges out Bab's eyes which doesn't kill her she just gouges out Bab's eyes and so when the two other nurses from pediatrics come running up with the babies they've got all these babies in there which is also just like amps up the thing because you're just like oh she gonna hurt one of these please don't hurt one of the babies like just don't and like Terry and the other nurse that's with Terry who I wish I could remember her name they the other nurse definitely fears that she is going to do something and the possession makes her look crazy, which is great. Like, I feel like possession movies have a problem of 
They want to hit the like Reagan's head spinning it around, throwing up pea soup, jumping back and forth over the topness of the exorcist. But I don't think, I think that works in the context of the exorcist. I don't, I, I, I hate when that is how it happens with like, I think the exorcism of Evelyn Rose is a really good job of like how I think it's poorly done. Like their quiet and subtlety, I think does work with possession movies. You just have to frame it correctly. She puts together the connection and it turns out it's the doctor who is molesting these kids and murdered that kid. And there's a final confrontation with them where it's the power and connection of three women holding hands, supporting each other and screaming. This man who has violated them and touched them i mean he hasn't violated val but he has violated val's trust but has violated these two young girls and val as like a conduit of like strength to like they like shout him to death i think there is something so lovely about that the way that that came together right like we see a lot of revenge things in horror revenge horror is a staple genre in horror and this doesn't feel like revenge so much as it feels like her coming into her own and understanding that yes I was traumatically hurt and altered in a different way and these two children one of them who is dead was traumatically hurt and altered in a different way and together by believing each other and uplifting and holding each other we can overcome that and they overcome it through like screaming and killing someone but like I think that's a message that like resonates with me like I think a lot of I think a lot of people are quick to say that they believe women even other women but don't follow through with that support that is needed and so seeing seeing a final girl for lack of a better term seeing a horror protagonist get her strength from the collective trauma and like wanting to heal from being together and united in the fact that like the power structures of the world have abandoned them and forgotten about them and also abused them is beautiful. It's something that's going to be with me for a long time. So I hope you watch it. I mean, just for the fact like, if any of that social commentary doesn't get to you, you should watch for it just for the fact that it is gorgeously shot in varying degrees of low light. And that's hard and it's beautiful. And Karina Faith should be exceptionally proud of how she constructed that movie. It's beautiful. Um, so that's, that's our review this week. Uh, I will see you next week when we're going to talk about more horror news. I don't know if there's any movies coming out, so next week might not be a movie. I might deep dive back on a movie that I love. Comfort movie. Horror comfort movie for the week that I'm moving. I'll see you next week, ghouls, ghosts, and goblins. Have a horrifically fun week.